Welcome to the Crown Council Mentor of the Month program. This is Steve Anderson. In our ongoing series of 20 Things That Have Made Me a Better Dentist, I'm excited today to introduce our Mentor of the Month, Dr. Marcy Schwartzman. Dr. Schwartzman graduated from the University of British Columbia Dental School in 1984. She's been in a family general dentistry practice that she began from the bare walls with no patients, and this month is celebrating 30 years of serving great patients and working with a great team. She's been involved in many volunteer opportunities within her community and has served as the international president of the Alpha Omega Dental Fraternity, dentistry's oldest fraternity, and is only the second woman to have ever done that. She's looking forward to August of this year, where she'll be inducted into the Royal College of Dentistry in St. John's, Newfoundland. She is the mother of two great children and is having fun every day with her husband of 32 years, Larry. But her true claim to fame is that Dr. Schwartzman has been a Sensodyne dentist on commercial television. With that, we welcome our Mentor of the Month this month, Dr. Marcy Schwartzman. Marcy, welcome. Hi, Steve. It's really a, a great honor to be amongst some of the past mentors that have been part of this program. So I'm really quite honored to be amongst that crew. Well, we are excited to have you. Uh, we've had a long and uh, great relationship over the years. You've been a, a great part of the Crown Council for many, many years as a qualified member, and I've always considered you to be uh, one of the great leaders in dentistry and especially among women and uh, looking forward to your sharing your wisdom and the things that have made you a better dentist. So with that, why don't you give us uh, what's on top of your list? I, I will, but I also want to just to say thank you to you because uh, you've definitely stepped up and been part of the Alpha Omega board for numerous years and, and have been very um, well served in providing service to the fraternity. So I take this forum to just say thank you for that as well. Happy to do it. My, um, thank you. Um, so for me, um, just because I happened to finish dental school at the uh, age of 24, and I, I was like the second youngest person in our class, and I was one of those people that uh, went out and did a, a, a locum for somebody right out of dental school and uh, got there and he, he said, here's the keys to the office and uh, you're, you're in charge. And wow. it was a, a big experience of being all of a sudden in charge of there were you know, two dental assistants and a front desk person and all of a sudden I'm now in charge of the place about three weeks out of school. So um, it was a, a big eye-opener and uh, from there I went on to do some volunteer work in Israel for a little bit and then came back about eight months into that to start my own office. But the thing that really impacted me in, in my dental life was uh, the first time we were at uh, boot camp and Haley did that, write a number on your hand and put it on your forehead. Yep. And, and uh, I sat there and thought about it and I wrote, six popped it on my forehead and that whole process of him going through the ideas like you're in charge of your destiny and you make who you are and be a 10 is uh, 
an important thing to do um, and consider yourself that way was really impacted me because uh, when I first opened my office, I always introduced myself as Marcy because, you know, I used to go, Dr. Schwartzman, I used to sort of do like, whoa, I can't believe that because it was a bit of my sense of approval addiction. So that, yeah. that moment I became a, a, a 10 changed, changed really on how I looked at practice, how I looked at how I was working with people, and it, it uh, hasn't really always cured my approval addiction all the time, but it really made a big difference in, in how I approach each day. To the and I, I think it shows. I mean, I've watched um, over the years. I've been in your practice. I've been in your home. Uh, and I've, I know both of your children because they've both been uh, through Eagle U in the past. So I've, I've gotten a pretty up close and personal. I know Larry pretty well. And you've done an amazing job of balancing all of those things. Share with us some of your secrets in that area. So that balanced life is, is really the challenge. And, and in the past when we've had the opportunity to have a, a leadership group that met through Alpha Omega, we had a group that was all women at one point. And at the, we had um, an interesting speaker that came and talked about making time for yourself. And um, our, she had actually written a book called Finding Oil for Your Lamp because while women are often the guiding light in their family, that if you don't have time to put oil in your lamp, then you can't be a very good light if you're if you're if you're run dry. So, at the end of that particular um, weekend, we uh, retreat. We had um, a few of us older practicing dentists. You know, we're in our 40s and 50s. Sit down with a bunch of these young women who were uh, we were the council of elders, so to speak, and they really wanted to know how do you do it all? How do you uh, um, I almost call it wearing different hats because at one moment you're the boss and, and the dentist and the administrator and the next moment you're the carpool mom and the soccer driver carpool and then you have to get home and be the cook and the chef and you, you know you're changing your hats every single every throughout the day to be something different for somebody um, and often women carry a lot of um, almost guilt for not being there for doing the things that are in their family. And I see that often with a lot of other women is that they feel guilty about not being there for their families as much as they want to. But on the other hand, they have an office that they have to go look at after. So it's a challenge. So um, how do you balance it? Well, setting what's a priority at the time and doing first things first you know sometimes you have to let the pile of laundry sit on the floor because that's really not a priority and you, you have to sit and put all the electronics away and, and sit down and have a meal with your family um, and sometimes you have to stay that extra hour at the office to get the stuff done because that's the time you have to do that and you, you make it up at, at different points so would you say that rather than trying to keep all the balls in the air, it's really a matter of deciding which balls are the most important that you have to keep up in the air, and it's okay to let one of them drop every once in a while? And, and sometimes you have to, you, ha, you, you know, make that decision which, one's the, which one needs attending to, and, and, you know, things 
things won't die if you if you you know you don't get to everything so the laundry can wait or you know it, that's when you start calling in you know who else can you get to assist you with stuff so for me i had someone a, a nanny at my house was a, a mandatory because that just helped me be able to get things done. Um, finding someone who was an associate in my office gave me the opportunity to walk away from my office and know that it was in control with someone being there to do the things that needed to get done in the office, but gave me the freedom to go be uh, the mom at school and be there for field trip day or for most often. There was always a day when the, the kid came home with the thing the day before the field trip and said, can't you come with us? But that was the day that you had to work, so that didn't work out. But, you know, you, we, you found grandma to go or someone else that could go if you had to. So that it was learning how to be very organized and then um, figure out who you could delegate a task to that wasn't one that was uh, something that you, you could delegate more effectively. You've surrounded yourself with some pretty good qualified people in in more than one area. You're at home as well as the office, uh, you, which has given you the ability to delegate. Exactly. So uh, from at the point when my second child was born, I had a associate that's been with me for, she's um, been there now for 24 years. And interesting thing, um, often women are content to work part-time in a group situation. So luckily in my particular office, we've got uh, three women dentists. We all work part-time. We have some blended days so that some of us are there are some days. But it really allows us to um, come to work, get work smarter, not harder, and then have the time to do the other things that we want to do in our life that um, give us that rich, full life that we're, most people are looking for. So it also helps not to be the, uh, the only um, breadwinner in the family, so that also allows that potential to do that. You have, uh, in everything that I've seen you do, uh, you have always found a way to to uh, do good besides doing the good you do in your office and at home, uh, doing good in the community and with groups that you've been involved in. Um, tell us about your whole philosophy about uh, doing good and being involved in charitable activities. You know, one of the things that was a part of my parents' um, traits that they passed on to us was uh, or the thing that we heard often was to those that much is given, much is expected. And really, um, dentistry is a, a great career, but it, it definitely provides you with the opportunities to give back and, and volunteer. Um, and as often as people are looking for ways to find new patients and, and bring people into your office, I always found that the, the more that I went out to meet people in the community and be involved in my community, the more often I ended up having those people wander back into my office and bring people with them. So um, I 
chose to get involved in our local community organizations. I was on the board of directors in my children's schools, um, on our local synagogue, and, and through other organizations within the community. And it, it really showed that the patients that have drifted in because of that um, opportunities that I've had to meet them in, in not just the office, but as you know, out there as a real person, they got to have an opportunity to see who I was and what I believed in, what I stood for. And when those values all align, then it's easy for them to figure out where they want to make their happy dental home. So it, it, it was a, it, and then, you know, the, for me, the opportunity to get involved with an organization like that Alpha Omega Dental Fraternity, um, where I went to dental school, it wasn't an undergraduate part. In many dental schools across North America, there is an undergraduate um, por- portion of Alpha Omega, but um, I ended up being invited by our local chapter to the meeting just uh, my uh, senior year of dental school. And from there, I ended up um, looking at a uh, meeting that they held at uh, Christmas break time and looked at, wow, it was an opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. for a very good price. So off Larry and I went to who knows what, and um, 28 years later, we've been going to those meetings ever since. And it was a, a great place because it was a place where it blended um, the ability to get together with other dentists. It blended some great opportunity for professional development, and it was an opportunity to be there with my family. And um, a lot of dental organizations don't really blend those three things all in one place. So, you know, many professional organizations are talking about cosmetic dentistry or endodontics or orthodontics and they're directed specifically to that and this happened to be a a place where it blended all three and so for me it was an easy place for me to find an organization that I wanted to belong to um, and hang my hat so that's why I got involved in a big way with that organization. And and has been a big source of some good mentors I know that you've had over the years, you're a big proponent of that whole concept as well as you've been a mentor for others. Who have been some of the biggest influences in that area for you? So, um, you know, it was in that very first year that I went to that Alpha Omega meeting, they had the, the lecture for the first two days was um, Gerald Nisnik in 1986, which was when... Um, implants were first coming out and I had like a two-day course with him which was quite a phenomenal opportunity um, at at that time because implants were just the you know start of the whole implant phase at that point and um, I came back to Vancouver and started being involved in an implant study club here and took on a big case and um, the person I was working with was, was the laboratory guy was saying to me, you know, you've done more implants than a lot of people in the city. And I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. But, you know, just being in the right place at the right time. So um, that was a big start for me. Um, I've had lots of wonderful um, leadership 
um, developed things through my Alpha Omega experience, um, boot camp for sure, and uh, opportunity to work with Crown Council was a really big impactful part for me. And um, in the last little while, I've been involved in a orthodontic TMJ kind of study club that was something that's really tweaked my interest, and I've been involved in that in the last little while. You, uh, I've always been impressed with how you've included team in your continued education and making sure that they have opportunities to grow as well while at the same time uh, not taking away from them their personal responsibility to, to, you know, for their own education. Can you give us some examples of, of ongoing how you keep your team in the education loop? And, you know, that started from, funny enough, but from the, the first time that um, I was going to go to boot camp, I had some friends that had gone to boot camp, and they had come back and said, oh, it was really an amazing um, change to their life and how they were looking at their practice of dentistry. And at the time, they had only gone with their spouse. And I was looking at, how am I going to do this? And, and it was still a fairly new office. And I, I looked at it and said, okay, well, I'm going to take me, my one dental assistant, one hygienist, and one uh, um, administrative person to boot camp, because at least I'll have one from each area to sort of get an idea of that. And off we went. Um, and we came back, and it's very hard to transmit the experience of the learning together, uh, what went on there, and, and you come back and you almost have a secret language that everybody didn't get to experience. And so I learned um, pretty well from that experience that if you really want to onboard everybody into a concept or into doing something, especially when you have a big group, and right now the office we're working probably for the most part with 16 people that if you're going to onboard everybody onto some new thing that you have to get them all involved in that uh, learning process together. And I know exactly what that's like because I've been in front of your team in your dining room. You have. Fact. <laughs> we've, we've had a We've had a few people do lectures in my dining room. Conveniently, you know, and that was one of the things that when I looked at opening that office uh, 30 years ago, is I looked at what, what was the neighborhood that I wanted to live in, have be, be part of that community, where was it related to my school that my kids were going to be going to. Um, and so I have a... At the time, it probably wasn't the, the newest, growingest neighborhood in in the in the city, but it certainly then allowed me to be five minutes from my office, five minutes from my children's school, uh, you know, five minutes from a lot of the community things that I'm involved in. So, it, it, yeah, I, I built my life so I, I didn't have to sit in a car on, on, for long distances, and and really that makes a big difference. Um, especially when you have to get home to be there for dinner or pick up a kid at school or, or do all those things that you, you want to be able to do. Uh, ten years ago, uh, you started a Crown Council Mastermind group with some other women dentists. That group continues on today. 
yeah. I know it's been a major influence in not only your life and your practice, but also in the others that have participated over the years. Tell us about how, what, what kind of things you've learned from that, what kind of an impact has it had on you as well as your practice? You know, it was interesting, you know, part of that being a qualified member of uh, Crown Council was that you had to have a mastermind group. And the Crown Council and you and Greg set up a a meet uh, opportunity in Las Vegas, and we arrived to uh, a group of people that were all put at different tables, and We uh, were a group that continues to this day. We've had uh, a few people come and go um, in part of that, but for the the core of us have been there, it's all now coming up to 10 years. And so it's really been an impactful um, group in that we have an opportunity to to share our experiences, our struggles that we have with our team, our struggles that we have with our families. We've had different members of our group going through different things at different times, and so we've all been there for each other, and it's uh, something that we all look to on a regular basis to our regular calls and then our annual uh, face-to-face that we have in September, and then we gather at... uh, the annual event in January went with whoever's there, but not always everybody's there. So it, we really look forward to that face-to-face. And from there, we've, you know, many of us have taken great ideas and run with them from that. I, I think the thing that I'm most proud of that we've been doing in uh, my office is that in, uh, for the last four years, we've been working with the local YWCA halfway house that's for women that have gone through abusive relationships and um, we kind of do a day of beauty for them so um, all the team donates their time we end up getting goodie bags of things that we've picked up and people got donated to us we do we have in uh, some hair and makeup people and we really try and put the smile back on these ladies faces so it's been really uh, a meaningful day and it's something that we all came up with as part of that mastermind group. So it's uh, it's a great way for us to give back to the community and make a difference and it's, it's, it's been something that we're really proud of. I know that you have uh, always been a big proponent of planning and planning ahead. You're a big planner, including planning for life after private practice. Tell us the steps that you've gone through and what that looks like for you today looking forward. So, and especially since um, my husband, Larry, had a family business that he sold and then worked for the company that he sold it to, and then at the age of 50, he decided that, that while they wanted him to take on a very large western region of Canada um, for his area he decided he didn't want to be on the road four days out of the week so he at that point said i'm done and but he was the preeminent example of having a a sound financial plan so that at the point when he was ready to he walked away without being concerned that he wasn't financially sound 
and prepared for having an enjoyable life for the rest of his life. Um, and I've followed along in that to make sure that you have a, a really sound financial plan. Um, and it's something that we work together as a, a team on what our goals are for the long term of what we want out of life and how we want it to be that. And that I've watched Larry really embrace not having to work every day. And um, I think it's interesting, as I traveled as the president of Alpha Omega, I had opportunity to meet people, um, even a, a gentleman that was in Toronto that still at 92 was going to his office with his son. They were in the same office, and he was still going into practice at 92. And, and while that's a great thing to be able to want to enjoy the the benefits of dentistry and provide service to patients. I, in one hand, I thought it was kind of sad that he, he didn't know how to walk away um, and enjoy life. And, you know, um, in 2013, I had uh, an accident while I was skiing, and I ended up breaking my ankle quite seriously and needing surgery for that and being off work for four months. And it was at that point where you, you have to take a, a careful look at your life and what's going on and what's important and um, what you want as you move forward into leading a productive life and being able to do the things that you want to do. And it was a, a big opportunity to, as you said, make some plans, figure out what's important, and realize that... Uh, you can have a really successful life after dentistry, and it's good to have the things in place that will allow you to do that. You surrounded yourself with a great team, and with three different dentist providers in the office, you've got to have a, a, a very good team and a flexible team. What's been your management leadership philosophy with them over the years? It's It's... You know, women leading women is is sometimes a challenge, and, and it's interesting how you can have a group of women all together and all of a sudden everybody's um, energy is all on the same kind of level. So if everybody's cycling at the same time, then it can be an interesting opportunity. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's sometimes a struggle to not be one of the crowd, but you, you have to find that balance between being the leader and then being part of the the, the girls. And, and it, it's a little bit of finding where that right place is and, and knowing when to join in and knowing when to step back and be the leader. And it, it took a little time to figure out what that was. Um, and it was uh, important to recognize the people in the office, and uh, and you know that's it's sometimes easy to be a crap detector, and and it's easy to see negatives, um, and so I make it a point of trying to find the the, the good things everybody does every day, um, and I know that's something they really appreciate. Uh, going back to your practice, yep and how you've built it. You started from scratch with nothing. I mean, four bare walls, patients, 30 years ago. Yep. Maybe you can give us a, a quick perspective on what has worked the best for you 
and I know it's changed over the years, in attracting and keeping good patients. So the, we, we've always worked, and I, I, I never really had um, a big uh, outward marketing plan. Interestingly enough, I, you know, the, I put a, an ad to announce that the office was open um, 30 years ago in the newspaper, and Canadian laws was very um, tight at the time, and so it had to be no more than two inches, and it couldn't be more than two columns, and it could only say very specific things, and so you, you don't really get patience out of that. So. Um, I spent a lot of time at that beginning being out in the community, meeting people, um, inviting them into the practice, and they they did come. And it's, we then asked people internally for opportunities to, you know, you've had great service here. We, we more than love to service any of your family or your, your friends. Um, that was always kind of the, the rule that if anybody ever gave a compliment, it was always, thanks for the compliment. Um, We're glad you noticed that we work hard at whatever it was that they were recognizing and that we'd always be happy to see your your friends and family. And um, we always celebrate our our patients um, on a regular basis and we send them nice notes. Uh, In in fact, I have uh, one team member who specifically spends um, part of each week making sure that we recognize our patients, um, you know, hatches, hatches, dispatches, and matches. So, um, you know, whether they're having a new baby, whether they've, you know, retired, whether they've been in the news, whether they've um, had a tragedy or a sickness in their families, we're we're always trying to make sure we have some contact with them um, on a regular basis. And it's really worked. We've, uh, you know, we're always having people asking us if we can, have, would we be happy to see new patients? And we are. And it's, uh, it's uh, amazing to me on how, after 30 years, we've uh, grown to such a great group of people that we're able to serve. You've created a community amongst your patients that you've attracted over the last 30 years. And you continue to develop that community. What are the things that you do today to really foster that feeling of connectedness and help your patients feel like they're part of the the Schwartzman Dental community? Yeah. So um, one of the things that we really had fun with in the last little while is we had um, a billboard kind of, it's a a large picture frame that we used um, for different ideas uh, that we've been working on on each month. So it'll be sometimes something that we've talked about um, in our team meeting where we've been talking about, um, for example, some, you know, in the spring we were talking about sports guards and how to make them effectively and, and who should we be recommending them to. So we've used um, this big billboard for that information or it's some fun thing for Halloween or, you know, it's been a, a way to present some information. Um, conveniently, it's, it's that billboard is hung in a place that we have a, a, a door with a window 
uh, on the side that allows people, as they're walking down the hallway in this uh, medical dental building that we're in, they can often look in and will often see people stopping to read the billboard out in the hallway. So um, we, we've had lots of people actually even walk in to talk to us um, and find information about the office just because of this great billboard that we've been having fun with. So, and again, uh, we've got one team member that's, that's been responsible for that uh, billboard and um, we come up with ideas at uh, team meetings and she runs with it. So she's really creative with that. So uh, it's been a, a really great thing. And I, we've, in the last little while, taken on using some social media opportunities um, We've been involved with My Social Practice and Jack Hadley. They've provided us um, lots of springboards for ideas with between um, some of the social photos that we've been doing in the office to some of the information that they've been providing. And um, we certainly have taken advantage of that and being able to connect with our patients um, on a regular basis and I really went to my philosophy of growth for the office was we grew more from the people from within than trying to um, look for new patients in a, in a different way so by, by fishing for patients. So really my goal is that any of the social media that I've been doing is really just keeping information for our patients. and. It seems to be working because we've really been doing great on that behalf. So, very happy. With you that. have covered a lot today, and I appreciate you sharing your experience and your wisdom with us. If you had to sum up the last 30 years of practice and uh, kind of summarize all of that in, in a statement for those who might be coming up and want, aspiring to be like Marcy Schwarzman, what would be your your final word of wisdom? Uh, the word of wisdom would be um, figure out what's the most important to you. Make sure you get that done, but make time for yourself and your family because that's the foundation. And when you're happy at home and life is good with your family, then everything else falls into place. Thank you, Marcy. Appreciate your great example and for all you contribute to dentistry and all you've done with and for the Crown Council over the years. You're a great example and we appreciate you sharing your experience and your wisdom today. It's been been my pleasure. I hope that those that have listened to this point um, have enjoyed our time together as well and uh, it's, it's really been a pleasure to be amongst this group of Mentors of the Month. So thanks for the opportunity. Thank you.